0: And good afternoon. You're listening to Ken Hudnall, This is the Ken Hudnall Show, coming to you from our studios right here in exciting El Paso, Texas, <laughs> gateway to the Old West and the most haunted city in the country. Well, today is January the ninth, the ninth day of the year. Three hundred fifty-six days remain to the year's over with. Want to wish a belated happy birthday to Elvis Presley, who was born on. January 8th in Tupelo, Mississippi. Died in 1977 at his home in Graceland in Tennessee. You know, it's uh, January's an interesting month. A lot of things happening. The um, 1127 Jin Song Wars, the invading Jurchen soldiers from the Jin Dynasty besieged and sacked Bianjing, the capital of the Song Dynasty of China. They abduct the emperor of Song and others, ending the the Northern Song dynasty. The uh, 1349 lunacy raised its head when the Jewish population of Basel, believed by the residents to be the cause of the Black Death, uh, are rounded up and incinerated. I just find it interesting that the insanity. Regarding, um, you know, various ethnic groups, it goes back that far. 1431, the trial of Joan of Arc began in ruin. Now, she supposedly was burned at the stake, but there is a great deal of evidence that a few years later, a uh, now no one was allowed to get close to uh, Joan as she was uh, sat on fire, at a bonfire, but a few years later, a woman showed up, claimed to be Joan, and was recognized by quite a number of people. The uh, 1787, the nationally known image of the black Nazarene in the Philippines was transferred transferred from what's now Rizal Park to its present shrine in the minor basilica of Quaipo Church. 1788, Connecticut. Becomes the fifth state to ratify the Constitution. 1792, the Treaty of Jassy between the Russian and Ottoman Empire signed, which ended the Russo Turkish War of 1787. 1799, British Prime Minister William Pitt the Younger introduced an income tax of two shillings to the pound to raise funds for Great Britain's war effort in the Napoleonic Wars. Like so many other taxes. Oh, it's just temporary until this emergency is over with. That's what they said about our income tax. It was going to be used to fund, I think, World War One. But what politician has ever turned their back on mountains of money? The... Uh, 1822, the Portuguese prince, Pedro I of Brazil, decides to stay in Brazil against the orders of the Portuguese king, beginning the Brazilian independence process. Uh, 1839, the French Academy of Sciences announces the daguerreotype photography process. 1861, the Star of the West incident occurs near Charleston, South Carolina and that was an American merchant steamship that was launched in 1852 and scuttled by Confederate forces in 1863. In uh, January of 1861 the ship was hired by the government of the U.S. to transport military supplies and reinforcements to the U.S. military garrison at Fort Sumter. Battery on Morris Island, South Carolina handled by cadets from the Citadel. Fired on the ship, considered by some scholars to actually have been the first shots fired in the American Civil War. I went to the Citadel for a period of time. If we ever have a place where we need to test a nuclear bomb, I recommend that. 1861, Mississippi becomes the second state to secede from the Union before the outbreak of the Civil War. The 1903, Hallam Tennyson, the second Baron Tennyson, son of the poet, Alfred Lord Tennyson, becomes the second Governor General of Australia. 1909, Ernest Shackleton, leading the Nimrod Expedition to the South Pole, plants the British flag 97 nautical miles from the Pole. That's the furthest anybody would ever reached at that point in time. The uh, 1914 the Phi Beta Sigma fraternity is founded by African American students at Howard University in Washington. The uh, 1916 World War One, the Battle of Gallipoli, Gallipoli, little one more time, concludes with an Ottoman Empire victory when the last Allied forces were evacuated from the peninsula. 1917 World War I, the Battle of Rafah is fought near the Egyptian border with Palestine. 1918, believe it or not, the uh, Battle of Bear Valley, the last battle of the American Indian Wars, was fought on this date. 1921, the Greco-Turkish War, the first battle of Enonu, the first battle of the war, begins near Akashir in Anatolia. The uh, 1923 Lithuanian residents of the Mamel territory rebel against the League of Nations decision to leave the area as a mandated region under French control. 1927 uh, A fire at the Laurier Palace movie theater in Montreal, Quebec, Canada kills 78 children. 1941 World War II The first flight of the Avro Lancaster which was the workhorse of the British uh, Bomber Command. 1945, World War II, the 6th U.S. Army begins the invasion of Lungayan Gulf. In 1957, British Prime Minister Sir Anthony Eden resigns from office following his failure to retake the Suez Canal from Egyptian sovereignty. 1960, President of Egypt, Gamal abdel Nasser, opened construction of the Aswan Dam by detonating 10 tons of dynamite to demolish 20 tons of granite on the east bank of the Nile. The, uh, 1961, the British authorities announced they've uncovered the Soviet Portland spy ring in London. 1962, the Apollo program, NASA announces plans to build a C-5 rocket launch vehicle, then known as the Advanced Saturn, to carry human beings to the moon. 1964, in an area that I spent a couple of years. Martyrs' Day: Several Panamanian youths try to raise the Panamanian flag in U.S. controlled Panama Canal Zone. That's led to a fight between U.S. military and Panamanian civilians. The uh, 1991 representatives from the US and Iraq meet at the Geneva Peace Conference to try to find a peaceful resolution to the Iraqi invasion of Kuwait. Yeah, let's see. 2009 Mahmoud Abbas wins the election to succeed Yasser Arafat as president of the Palestinian National Authority, replaced interim president Rahi. Fatua. Oh, on this day in 2007, Apple CEO Steve Jobs introduces the original iPhone at a Macworld keynote in San Francisco. And it's become ubiquitous. 2014, the explosion at the Mitsubishi Materials Chemical Plant in Yokichi, Japan, kills at least five and injures seventeen. Twenty fifteen, the perpetrators perpetrators of the Charlie Hebdo shooting in Paris, two days before, are both killed after a hostage situation. A second hostage situation relating to the Charlie Hebdo shooting occurs at the Jewish market Vinçennes. 2015, a mass poisoning at a funeral in Mozambique involving beer. I've never been to a funeral where they serve beer. It was contaminated with Burkaderia gladiola. At least 75 dead and 230 ill. And last year, twenty. Uh, excuse me, 2021, Sriwijaya Air Flight 182 crashes north of Jakarta, Indonesia kills all 62 people on board. You know, the, I've been asked why I talk about history at the beginning of each of my shows, because it's been my experience that those that don't know history are doomed to repeat it, and we've got too many failures in the past not to try to move forward. All righty. You know, we've been talking about strange things in the last few shows. Uh, Vampires, werewolves, and things go bumping at night. You know, in addition to such paranormal occurrences, we also have uh, a lot of stories from all over the world, as a matter of fact, about uh, Bigfoot, or as some folks call him, Sasquatch. You know, before 1958, wild man stories were found among the indigenous population of the Pacific Northwest of the United States. Legends existed before a single name for the creature was ever arrived at. And they differ in their details, both regionally and between families in the same community. Similar stories of wild men are found on every continent except Antarctica. And for all we know, they may be there as well psychologist Robert Michael Pyle argues that most cultures have human-like giants in their folk history. In fact, uh, there have been bodies found in the Midwest in ancient graves that have been excavated um, of giants who had six fingers and six toes and quite often were found wearing copper armor. Uh, Members of the the Lumi tell tales about uh, the Malakweez, the local version of Bigfoot. Stories are similar to each other in the general descriptions of the creatures but details about the creatures' diet and activities differed between family stories. Some regional versions contained uh, more nefarious creatures. The Steyaha uh, or the kwee were a nocturnal race that children are said not to say the name of uh, lest the monsters here and come carry the, per- the person that said the name off, sometimes to be killed. 1847, Paul Kane reported stories by the native people about skookums, a race of cannibalistic wild men living in, on the peak of Mount St. Helens. The skookums appear to have been regarded as supernatural rather than natural. But then again, there's no way to really tell. Unless menacing versions, such as the ones recorded by Reverend uh, Elkanah Walker, exist. 1840 Walker, a Protest, uh, Protestant missionary, recorded stories of giants among the uh, Native Americans living in Spokane, Washington. Indians claimed these giants lived on and around the peaks of nearby mountains and stole salmon from the fishermen's nets. Local legends were compiled by J. W. Burns and a there's of Canadian newspaper articles in the twenties. Each language had its own name for the local version of the the wild men, as they were called. Many names meant something along the lines of wild man or hairy man, although other names describe common actions it was said to perform, such as eating clams. Burns coined the term Sasquatch, which is from the alcommellum um, sasquatch. And used it in his articles to describe a hypothetical single type of creature reflected in the stories. Burns' articles popularized the legend in its new name, making it well known in Western Canada before it gained popularity in the U.S. You know, after uh, in 1951, Eric Shipton photographed what he described as a Yeti footprint, which generated considerable attention and led to the story of the Yeti entering uh, popular consciousness. A notoriety of ape men grew over the decade, culminating in 1958 when uh, large footprints were found in uh, Del Norte County, California by uh, bulldozer operator, Gerald Crew. And sets of large tracks appeared multiple times around a road construction site in Bluff Creek. Now, after not being taken seriously about what he was seeing, Crew brought in his friend Bob Titmus to cast the prints in plaster. And that story was published in the Humboldt Times, along with a photo of crew holding one of the cast. Now, locals have been calling the unseen track maker Bigfoot since the late summer, when Humboldt Times columnist Andrew Ginzoli shortened to Bigfoot in his uh, article. Uh, initially, it was Bigfoot, two words. And in uh, Ginzoli shortened it to Bigfoot, one word. Foot gained international attention when the story was picked up by the Associated Press. Following the death of Ray Wallace, a local logger, his family attributed the creation of the footprints to him. The wife of I.W. Scoop Beal, the editor of the Humboldt Standard, which later combined with the Humboldt Times, and which Gonzale, uh, Gonzales' uh, story had appeared, uh, slated, uh, stated her husband was in on the hoax with Wallace. Well, 1958 was a watershed year. Not just for the Bigfoot story itself, but also for the culture that surrounds it. Bigfoot hunters uh, appeared following the discovery of footprints at Bluff Creek, California. And within a year, Tom Slick, who had funded searches for Yeti in the Himalayas, uh, early in the decade organized searches for Bigfoot in the area around Bluff Creek. You know what? Bigfoot's become better known in a, phenomenon popular culture sightings have spread throughout North America. I know of one uh, situation in um, Rock City, uh, outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee. A couple were sitting in the front seats of their RV when the back door opened and the Bigfoot walked in, and they abandoned ship and let the Bigfoot have it. You know, in addition to the Pacific Northwest, the Great Lakes region and the southeastern U.S. have had many reports of Bigfoot sightings. The debate over the legitimacy of Bigfoot sightings reached a peak in the 70s, and Bigfoot's been regarded as the first widely popularized example of pseudoscience in American culture. You've always got scientists sitting in their ivory towers making pronouncements, and everybody's supposed to nod and accept the statements of the wise men. And since they'd never seen one, the Bigfoot doesn't exist, just like UFOs. About a third of all reports of Bigfoot sightings are concentrated in the Pacific Northwest, with most of the remaining reports spread throughout the rest of North America. Some Bigfoot advocates, such as John Wilson Green, have postulated Bigfoot's a worldwide phenomena. Some of the better-known reports include a 1924 report from a prospector named Albert Ostman, who claimed to have been abducted by Sasquatch and held captive by the creatures in British Columbia. I think that's the one where they had uh, the Bigfoot apparently planned on him breeding with their daughter. Uh, Also in 24, Fred Beck claimed he and four of the miners were attacked one night in July of 24 by several ape men throwing rocks at their cabin in an area later called Ape Canyon. Uh, Washington Beck said the miners shot and possibly killed at least one of the creatures precipitating the attack on their cabin during which the creatures bombarded the cabin with rocks and tried to break in. This supposed incident was wildly reported at the time, and Beck wrote a book about the incident in 1967, in which he argued the creatures were mystical beings from another dimension, claiming he had experienced psychic premonitions and visions of his entire life, of which the ape men are only one component. Speleologist William Halliday argued in 1983, the story arose from an incident in which hikers from a nearby camp and thrown rocks into the canyon. There are also local rumors that pranksters harassed the men and planted fake friends. But that's an easy excuse to give, to explain away something that you don't want to admit true. It's a hoax. Pranksters. But these pranksters are never seen. It's, It's like with the crop circles. Supposedly, there are two men from England who have done the crop circles all over the world according to Uh, The ivory tower scientist. Then in 1941, Jeannie Chapman and her children said they escaped their home when a seven-and-a-half-foot-tall Sasquatch approached their residence in Ruby Creek, British Columbia. She and her children decided it was time to be elsewhere. And if a a seven-and-a-half-foot-tall creature approached my front door, I might be willing to go out the back door as well. 1958, bulldozer operator Jerry Crew took a newspaper took to a newspaper office a cast from one of the enormous footprints the other workers had seen at a isolated work site in Bluff Creek, California. The crew was overseen by Wilbur Wallace, brother Raymond Wallace. And after Ray Wallace's death, his children came forward with a pair of 16-inch wooden feet, which they said their father used to fake the Bigfoot tracks in 1958. Wallace was regarded by many Bigfoot proponents. John Napier wrote, I don't feel impressed with Mr. Wallace's story regarding having over 15,000 feet of film showing Bigfoot. Before you criticize, look at the footage. 1967, Roger Patterson and Robert Gimlin reported on October 20th they captured a purported Sasquatch on film at Creek, California. This became known as the Patterson-Gimlin film. Many years later, Bob Hieronymus, an acquaintance of Patterson, said he had worn an ape costume for the making of the film. However, Patterson and Gimlin claimed they would sought various experts to examine the film. Patterson claimed to screen the film for unnamed technicians in the special effects department at Universal Studios in Hollywood. The conclusion was, uh, we could try faking it, but we'd have to create a completely new system of artificial muscles and find an actor who could be trained to walk like that. It might be done, but we'd have to say it would be almost impossible. You know, no matter what the situation is, there's going to be somebody trying to get his 15 minutes of fame by claiming he knows that it's a hoax or he knows this or he knows that, but he never offers any proof either. 2007, September 16th to be exact, Hunter Rick Jacobs captured an image of a supposed Sasquatch by using an automatically triggered camera attached to a tree prompting a spokesperson for the Pennsylvania Game Commission to say it was probably an image of a bear with a severe case of mange. photo was taken near the town of Ridgway, Pennsylvania, in Allegheny National Forest. And there's always somebody going to come up with a logical explanation, no matter how outlandish that logical explanation might be. You know, Various types of creatures have been suggested to explain both the sightings and what type of creature Bigfoot would be if it did exist scientific community typically attributes sightings to either hoaxes or misidentification of known animals near tracks. And while cryptozoologists generally explain Bigfoot as an unknown ape, some believers in Bigfoot attribute the phenomenon to UFO or some other paranormal cause. In 2007, the Pennsylvania Game Commission said the photos of the Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization claimed showed a juvenile Bigfoot were probably a bear with mange. Probably. Maybe. Might be. That's on the assumption that the Bigfoot doesn't exist. Jeffrey Meldum, on the other hand, said the the proportions of the suspected juvenile in question were not bear-like and stated he felt they were more like a chimpanzee. Maybe somebody was monkeying around out there in the woods. Now both scientists and Bigfoot believers agree that many of the sightings are hoaxes or misidentified animals. Bigfoot sightings or footprints are often demonstrably hoaxes. Author Jerome Clark argues that the Jacko affair involving an 1884 newspaper report of an ape-like creature captured in British Columbia was a hoax. Citing research by John Green, who found that several contemporary British Columbia newspapers regarded the alleged capture as very dubious, Clark notes that the uh, mainland guardian of Newminster, British Columbia, wrote Abs- absurdity is written on the face of it. Now, if I remember the story correctly about Jacko, he was sleeping on a ledge, rolled over, fell off the ledge, stunned himself, was captured, and was eventually trained to operate the switches at a railroad um, crossing, and he was given the name Jacko by the, the man who took care of him. July 14, 2005, Tom Biscardi, a longtime Bigfoot enthusiast and CEO of Searching for Bigfoot, Inc., appeared on the Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Radio Show and announced that he was 98% sure his group would be able to capture a Bigfoot, which had been tracking in the Happy Camp, California area. I've been on Coast to Coast a number of times. Um, the questioning by the host... Uh, quite often, is detailed enough to reveal if we're dealing with the hopes or not. A month later, Biscardi announced on the same radio show he had access to a capture Bigfoot and was arranging a pay-per-view event for people to see it. And then he came, appeared on Coast to Coast again a few days later to announce there was no captive Bigfoot. He blamed an unnamed woman for misleading him and the show's audience for being gullible. Everybody was at fault but him. In July 9, 2008, Dick Dyer and Matthew Whitman uh, posted a video of them to YouTube claiming they had uh, discovered the body of a dead Sasquatch in a forest in northern Georgia. Tom Biscardi was contacted to investigate. Dyer and Whitman received $50,000 from searching for Bigfoot ink as a good face gesture. $50,000 for a dead body. Hmm. The story of the men's claims was covered by many major news networks, including BBC, CNN, ABC News, and Fox News. Soon after the press conference, the alleged Bigfoot body arrived in a block of ice in a freezer with the Searching for Bigfoot team. When the contents was thawed out, it was discovered the hair wasn't real, the head was hollow, and the feet were rubber. Dyer and not such a it was a hoax after being uh, confronted by Steve Culls, executive director of SasquatchDetective.com. August 2012, a man in Montana was killed by a car while perpetuating a Bigfoot hoax using a ghillie suit. For those that are not familiar with the ghillie suit, that's the one that hunters use to blend in with the, um, and snipers as well, uh, surrounding uh, flora and fauna. July 2014, Dick Dyer, perpetrator of a previous Bigfoot hoax, claimed to have killed a Bigfoot creature in September 2012 outside of San Antonio, Texas. Dyer claimed it had scientific tests performed on the body, from DNA tests to 3D optical scans to body scans, and it was the real deal. It's Bigfoot and Bigfoot's here, and I shot it, and now I'm proving it to the world. He stated he intended to take the body, which he has kept in a hidden location on tour across North America in 2014. To date, he's released only photos of the body and a video showing a few individuals' reaction to seeing it, but none of the tests or scans he says has taken place. He's refused to disclose the test results provide biological samples, although he has stated the DNA results, which were done by an undisclosed lab, couldn't identify any known animal. He said he'd revealed the body in the test on February 9th at a news conference at Washington University. But wouldn't you know it, the test results are still unavailable. After the Phoenix tour, the body traveled to Houston, on March 24, 2014, Dyer admitted on his Facebook page his current Bigfoot corpse was another hoax. He said he'd paid Chris Russell of Twisted Toy Box to manufacture the prop, which he nicknamed Hank, from latex, foam, and camel hair. Dyer raked in about $60,000 from the tour of his second fake Bigfoot corpse. Maintains he really did kill the Bigfoot, but he didn't take the real body on tour for fear it would be stolen. Uh-huh. Then we have Gigantopithecus. Bigfoot proponents, uh, Grover Krantz and Jeffrey Bourne, believe Bigfoot, being, uh, a relic uh, population of Gigantopithecus. Bourne contends that as all Gigantopithecus fossils are found in Asia, and as many species of animals migrated across the Bering land bridge, it's not unreasonable to assume Gigantopithecus might have. Migrated as well. The Gigantopithecus hypothesis is generally considered entirely speculative. Fossils of this creature are not found in the Americas. The only recovered fossils are of mandibles and teeth. There's some uncertainty about uh, how the Gigantopithecus got around. Krantz has argued, based on his extrapolation of the shape of its mandible, that uh, Gigantopithecus... Could have been bipedal. However, the relevant part of the mandible isn't present in any fossils. The mainstream view is that uh, Giganthopithecus was a quadruped. It's been argued that uh, its enormous mass would have made it difficult for it to ad- adopt a bipedal gait. But if you've seen some of the folks I've seen at the uh, Golden Corral, uh, dinners. Uh, you'd wonder how they got around on two feet. Matt Cartmill presents another problem with Gigantopithecus hypothesis. The trouble with this account is that uh, Gigantopithecus was not a hominin, and maybe not even a crown group hominoid. If the physical evidence implies that Bigfoot is an upright biped with buttocks and a long, stout, permanently ab- abducted hallux. There are... Uh, Hominid autopomorphies, not found in other mammals or other bipeds. Unlike the Gigantopithecus, would evolve these uniquely hominid traits in parallel to what we're familiar with. Bernard Campbell wrote that Gigantopithecus is, in fact, extinct, has been questioned by those who believe it survives as the Yeti of the Himalayas and the Sasquatch in the Northwest uh, American coast. But the evidence is just not convincing. And it is a good point. You know, a, a species of Paranthropus, such as uh, Paranthropus robustus, uh, with its crested skull and bipedal gait, was suggested by primatologist uh, John Napier and anthropologist uh, Gordon Strassenberg as a possible candidate for Bigfoot's identity, despite the fact the fossils of this creature are only found in Africa. Michael Rugg of the Bigfoot Discovery Museum presented a comparison between humans, Giganthopithecus, and Meganthropus skulls, reconstructions, reconstructions made by uh, Grover Krantz in episodes 131 and 132 of the Bigfoot Discovery Museum show. He favorably compares a modern tooth suspected uh, of coming from a Bigfoot to the Meganthropus fossil teeth, noting the worn an animal on the occlusal surface the uh, meganthropus fossils originated from asia and the tooth was found near santa cruz california primarily what that proved is even bigfoot needs a a dentist from time to time some suggest neanderthal homo erectus or homo uh, auto to be the creature but no remains of any of these species have been found in the americas the scientific community of course discounts the existence of bigfoot as there's no evidence supporting the survival of such a large prehistoric ape-like creature the evidence that does exist points more towards a hoax or delusion than uh, the sightings of a genuine creature and when you sit in your ivory tower it's very easy to look down your nose at everyone else in 1996 usa today article washington state zoologist john crane said there's no such thing as bigfoot no data other than material uh, that's clearly been fabricated has ever been presented. And in addition to the lack of evidence, scientists cite the fact that Bigfoots are alleged to live in regions unusual for a large non-human primate. Uh, the temperate latitudes in the northern hemisphere, all recognized apes, are found in the tropics of Africa and Asia. The subject of Bigfoots not uh, considered an area of credible science. There's even been a limited number of formal scientific studies of Bigfoot. So, a thorough, uh, serious scientific study might reveal something we're not in really uh, prepared to accept. Suppose evidence like the 1967 Patterson-Gimlin film has provided no supportive data of any scientific value, according to the ivory tower scientist. As with other proposed megafauna cryptids, climate and food supply issues would make such a creature survival and Reported habitats, very unlikely. Great apes are not found in the fossil record of the Americas, and no Bigfoot remains are known to have been found. But then no dead elephants have been found either, which gave rise to the story of the elephant's graveyard, uh, which is where elephants go to die. We may have something similar with the Bigfoot. Scientific consensus is that the breeding population of such an animal would be so large it would would account for many more purported sightings than currently occur, making the existence of such an animal an almost certain impossibility. In the 1970s, when Bigfoot experts were frequently given high-profile media coverage, the scientific community generally avoided lending evidence to the theories by debating them. When you don't know what to say, ignore it and pretend it's beneath your notice, which is what science has done. Ivan T. Sanderson and Bernard Hevelmans have spent parts of their career searching for Bigfoot. Later scientists who researched the topic, including Carlton Kuhn, George Alan Goggino, and William Charles Osman Hill, though they came to no definite conclusion and later drifted from this research. Jeffrey Mildred has said that the fossil remains of an ancient uh, giant ape called Gigantopithecus could turn out to be ancestors of today's commonly known Bigfoot. This claim had been accepted by the scientific community. In fact, it hadn't even been examined by the scientific community. John Napier asserts the scientific community's attitude toward Bigfoot stems primarily from insufficient evidence. And other scientists who've shown varying degrees of interest in the legend are uh, David Diglin, George Schaller, Russell Mittermeier, Darius Swindler, Esteban Sarmiento, and Carlton Kuhn. Jane Goodall in September 27, 2002 interview on National Public Radio Science Friday expressed her ideas about the existence of Bigfoot. First stating, I'm sure they exist, she went on to say, I'm romantic, I've always wanted them to exist. And finally she said, you know, why do body? I can't answer that, maybe they don't exist, but I want them to. In 2012, Goodall said, I'm fascinated Actually, I actually love them to exist. Well... At least she has an open mind, which is more than I say for most scientists. The first scientific study of evidence was conducted by primatologist John Napier and published in his book Bigfoot, the Yeti and Sasquatch in Myth and Reality in 1973. Napier wrote that if a conclusion is to be reached based on scant, extant hard evidence, science has to declare Bigfoot doesn't exist. But he found it difficult to entirely reject thousands of alleged tracks scattered over 125,000 square miles or to dismiss all the many hundreds of eyewitness accounts. Napier concluded I'm convinced Sasquatch does exist, but whether it's all that's cracked up to be is another matter altogether. There must be something in Northwest America that needs explaining, and that something leaves man like footprints. And in 1974, the National Wildlife Federation funded a field study seeking Bigfoot evidence. No former Federation members were involved, and the study made no notable discoveries. Beginning in the late 70s, a physical anthropologist, Grover Krantz, published some articles and four book-linked treatments of Sasquatch. However, his work was found to contain multiple scientific failings, including falling for hoaxes. The study published in and for the the Journal of um, Biogeography in 2009 by J.D. Lozier used ecological niche modeling on reported sightings of Bigfoot, using their locations to infer Bigfoot's preferred ecological parameters. They found it a close match with the ecological parameters of the American Black Bear Ursus Americanus. They also note that an upright bear looks much like Bigfoot's purported appearance and Considered highly probable improbable. There are two species that uh, should have very uh, similar ecological preferences including the uh, Bigfoot site concluding that Bigfoot sightings are right sightings of black bears After what the Huffington Post described as a five-year study purported Bigfoot uh, DNA samples Texas veterinarian uh, Melba Ketchum and her team announced that uh, They'd found proof the Sasquatch is a human relative uh, that arose approximately 15,000 years ago as a hybrid cross of modern Homo sapiens with an unknown primate species. Ketchum called for this to be recognized officially, saying the government at all levels has to recognize them as indigenous people and immediately protect their human and constitutional rights against those who would see in their physical and cultural differences a license to hunt, trap, or kill them. While well, failing to find a scientific journal that would publish their results, Ketchum announced February 13, 2013, their research had been published in the De Novo Journal of Science. Huffington Post discovered the journal's domain has been registered anonymously only nine days before the announcement, and the only edition of De Novo that was listed was Volume 1, Issue 1, and its only content was the Bigfoot Research. Does that sound suspicious to you? 2013, I took a trip to Dulce, New Mexico, which is, among other things, a home for the Sasquatch. I conducted a number of interviews with individuals who'd seen these creatures, and the stories I collected are somewhat amazing. A series of videos will be released later that discuss these events. And let's turn from Sasquatch to El Chupacabra. Spanish pronunciation is... uh, Chupra copra. Some chupra to suck and copra goat, literally the goat sucker. It's a legendary cryptid rumored to inhabit parts of the Americas with the first sightings reported in Puerto Rico. Name comes from the animals' reported habit of attacking and drinking the blood of livestock, especially goats. Physical descriptions of this creature vary. It's purportedly a heavy creature, the size of a small bear, with a row of spines reaching from its neck to the base of the tail. How it is sightings have been claimed as early as 1995 in Puerto Rico and have since been reported as far north as Maine and as far south as Chile, even being spotted outside uh, the Americas in countries like Russia and uh, the Philippines. But many of the reports have been disregarded as uncorroborated or lacking evidence. Sightings in northern Mexico and the southern United States have been verified as canines afflicted by mange. That's a catch-all, don't you know? Biologists and wildlife management officials view the copper as a contemporary legend. You know, the first reported attacks by this creature occurred in March of 1995 in Puerto Rico. In this attack, eight sheep were discovered dead, with each with three puncture wounds in the chest area and completely drained of blood. A few months later, in August, an eyewitness Madeline Tolentino, reported seeing the creature in Puerto Rico in the town of uh, Canovanas, when as many as 150 farm animals and pets were reported killed. 1975, similar killings in the small town of Moca were attributed to El Vampiro de Moca. The Vampire of Moca, don't you know? Initially it was suspected that the killings were committed by a satanic cult. Later, more killings were reported around the island, and many farms reported loss of animal life. Each of the animals was reported to have been, had its body bled dry through a series of small circular incisions. Puerto Rican comedian and entrepreneur Severio Perez credited with coining the term chupacabra soon after the first incidents were reported to the press, and shortly after the first reported incidents in Puerto Rico, other animal deaths were reported in other countries such as the Dominican Republic, Argentina, Bolivia, Chile, Colombia, Honduras, El Salvador. Nicaragua, Panama, Peru, Brazil, United States, and Mexico. And having spent two interesting years in the jungles of uh, South America, I can tell you there could be an entire brass band 15 feet from me and you couldn't see them. Five-year investigation by Benjamin Radford concluded the description given by the original eyewitness in Puerto Rico, Madeline Tolentino, was based on the creature Sill in the science fiction horror film Species. Alien creature Sill was nearly identical to Tolentino's chupacabra eyewitness account, and she'd seen the movie before her report. She said it was a creature that looked like a chupacabra, with spines on its back and all, and resemblance to the chupacabra is really impressive, she said. Radford revealed that Tolentino, uh, Tolentino believed the creatures and the events she saw in species were actually happening in reality in Puerto Rico at the time, and therefore concluded that the most important Chupacabra description can't be trusted. And this, Radford believes, uh, seriously undermines the credibility of the Chupacabra as a real animal. Now, it would be interesting to ask, did Radford go in to prove, disprove, or just report the facts? If he went in to disprove, he built his entire theory around the fact she had seen a movie. In addition to reports of blood sucking, but a chupacabra ever confirmed by a necropsy, the only way to conclude the animal was drained of blood. An analysis by a veterinarian of 300 reported victims of the chupacabra found they had not been blood dry. There had been blood loss, yes, but they weren't uh, blood dry. Radford divided the chupacabra reports into two categories. Reports in Puerto Rico and Latin America, where animals were attacked and supposed their blood was extracted, and reports the, in the United States of mammals, mostly dogs and coyotes, with mange that people call chupacabra due to their unusual appearance. Late October 2010, University of Michigan biologist Barry O'Connor concluded all the chupacabra reports in the U.S. were simply coyotes infected with the parasite uh, Sarcoptus. Escabella, the symptoms of which would explain most of the features of the chupacabra. And I'm sure he went and checked each one himself. Um, they would have little fur, thickened skin, and a rank odor. O'Connor theorized the attacks on goats occurred because those animals are greatly weakened and they're going to have a hard time hunting, so they may be forced into attacking livestock because it's easier running down a rabbit or a deer. several witnesses came to the conclusion the attacks couldn't be the work of dogs or coyotes because they hadn't eaten their victims, this conclusion is incorrect. Both dogs and coyotes can kill and not consume the prey either because they're inexperienced or due to injury or difficulty in killing the prey. Prey can survive the attack and die afterwards from internal bleeding or circulatory shock. The presence of two holes in the neck corresponding with the canine teeth is to be expected since this is the only way that most land carnivores have to catch their prey. It's also an easy out to prove something you don't want to exist doesn't exist. Numerous sightings of the creature were reported during the mid-90s in Mexico, the U.S. Southwest, and China. The first reported sightings, as I said earlier, were in Puerto Rico, uh, where more than 200 original reports were made in 1995. July 2004, a rancher near San Antonio, Texas, killed a hairless dog-like creature that was attacking his livestock. This animal, initially given the name, the Elmendorf beast, was later determined by DNA um, assay uh, conducted at University of California, Davis, to be a coyote with a demodectic or sarcoptic mange. In October 2004, two more carcasses were found in the same area. Biologists in Texas examined the exam- samples from the two carcasses and determined they were also coyotes suffering from a very severe case of mange. Coleman, Texas, a farmer named Reggie Legale caught an animal in a trap he set up after the deaths of a number of his chickens and turkeys. Animals described as resembling a mix of hairless dog, rat, and kangaroo. He provided the animal to the Texas Parks and Wildlife officials for identification, but uh, he reported in a September 17, 2006 phone interview with John a founder of the Lost World Museum, that the uh, critter was caught on a Tuesday and thrown out in Thursday's trash. That didn't leave a whole lot of time for examination, now does it? In April 2006, Moss News reported that the Chupacabra was spotted in Russia for the first time. Reports from Central Russia beginning in March 2005 tell of a beast that kills animals and sucks out their blood. 32 turkeys were killed and drained overnight. Reports later came from neighboring villages uh, when 30 sheep were killed and had their blood drained. You know, if the The creatures after turkeys, we need to lock up Congress. Finally, eyewitnesses were able to describe the chupacabra. In May of 2006, experts were determined uh, to track the animal down. According to uh, Russia Paranormal Researcher Vadim Chernobarov, territory regularly frequented by chupacabra arise in the Kharkov region of Ukraine and the neighboring regions of Russia, but also in parts of Belarus and Poland. Recently, the reports appeared of chupacabra-like attacks in the Moscow region of Russia with dozens of birds and animals found bloodless with strange incisions, at least twice the mysterious kangaroo-like creature uh, with a crocodile head, no less. Attacked humans, causing no serious damage, though. According to Chernobrov, the two extraordinary things about the chupacabra's ways are that uh, the thing leaves a vanishing line of footprints, looking as if it takes off as a bird and also tends occasionally to to assort its uh, victims' uh, bodies aesthetically often by color and size or build pyramids with kill bodies. That does raise interesting questions now, doesn't it? In mid-August 2006, Michelle O'Donnell of Turner, Maine, described an evil-looking rodent-like creature with fangs that had been found dead alongside a road. It apparently had been hit by a car and was unidentifiable. Photographs were taken and witness reports seemed to be in relative agreement the creature was canine in appearance, but in widely published photos seemed unlike any dog or wolf in the area. Photos from other angles seemed to show a, a chow or a mosquito mixed-breed dog reported that the carcass was picked clean by uh, vultures before experts could examine it. For years, residents of Maine reported a mysterious creature in a string of dog maulings. May of 2007, a series of reports on National Columbia News uh, reported more than 300 dead sheep in the region of Boyaca, and the capture of a possible specimen to be analyzed by zoologists at the uh, National University of Columbia. Knox 2007, Phyllis Kenyon found three animals in Querco, Texas. She and her neighbors reported to have discovered these three strange creatures. Outside the Canyon's property, took photographs of the carcasses and preserved the head of one of her in her freezer before uh, turning it over for DNA analysis. Canyon reported nearly 30 chickens on her farm had been exsanguinated over a period of years. Factor led her to contact the to connect the carcasses with the chupacabra legend. State mammalogist John Young estimated the animal in Canyon's pictures was a gray fox suffering from mange, of course. November 2007, biology researchers at Texas State University San Marcos determined the DNA samples of the suspicious animals was, in fact, a coyote. Coyote, though, had grayish blue, mostly hairless skin, and large fang teeth, attributes attributes which uh, caused it to appear different from a normal coyote. Additional skin samples were taken to attempt to determine the cause of the hair loss. January 11, 2008, a sighting was reported at the province of Capes in the Philippines. Some of the residents from the barangay believed it was a cheaper copper that killed eight chickens. The owner of the chicken saw a dog like animal attacking his uh, chickens and took steps. August 8, 2008, a DeWitt County deputy, Brandon Roddell, filmed an unidentifiable animal long back roads near Querco, Texas on his dashboard camera. animal's was about the size of a coyote but was hairless with a long snout, short front legs, and long back legs. However, writer's boss, uh, Sheriff Jody Zavesky, believes it may be the same species of coyote identified by Texas T- University of San Marcos uh, researchers in November 2007. We don't have anything new. Why do you think that? video footage was shown on april uh in uh, april 2011 an episode of the sci-fi television series factor fake paranormal files when investigative team tried to recreate the dashboard video footage using a miniature horse and the mexican hairless dog both of which uh, were bred locally neither test animal matched the creature in the video the team had also tested a dna sample taken from the alleged carcass of one of the creatures uh, Found by a local rancher and later identified as being a hybrid wolf coyote. September 2009, CNN aired a report, and of course, you can trust CNN, they're always tell the truth. Aired a report showing close up video footage of an unidentified dead animal. Same CNN report stated locals have been begun speculating the possibility that this might be a chupacabra. Blanco, Texas taxidermist reported he received the body from a former student whose cousin discovered the animal in his barn where he uh, succumbed to poison left out for rodents. Taxidermist expressed his belief that this was a genetically mutated coyote, probably with mange, don't you know? September 18, 2009, taxidermist Jerry Ayer sold the Black Hole, Texas, cheaper copper to the Lost World Museum. museum is reported in Syracuse Post Standard on September 26, 2009, placing the creature on display as it works for an unnamed university to have the remains tested. July 2010, there were reports of coppers being shot dead by animal control officers in Hood County, Texas. The second creatures also reportedly spotted and killed several miles away. However, an officer for Hood County Animal Control said Texas A&M University scientists conducted tests, and identified the corpse as a coyote-dog hybrid, with signs of mange, of course, and internal parasites. The second reported chupacabra shot July 9th, about eight miles south of Crescent, was eaten by vultures before it could be taken for testing. December 18, 2010, in Nelson County, Kentucky, Mark Cothran shot and killed an animal he couldn't recognize, and he was afraid of it. Many pictures of the chupacabra were taken, and the story is well documented by various news organizations. Cothran uh, described the creature as having large ears, whiskers, and a long tail about the size of a house cat. Says he spoke to the Kentucky Department of Fish and Wildlife Resources and handed over the preserved animal for further analysis. It escaped. July fourth, twenty eleven, Jack Crabtree of Lake Jackson, Texas, reported seeing a chupacabra in his backyard. At first he stood firm on his original theory of the chupacabra, but after the local newspaper and several other media reporters wrote his story july eleventh, he quickly backed down. Agreeing with the wildlife experts, it was most likely a coyote with, wait for it, mange. It was a spoof or a practical joke, he said. I really didn't believe it. story appeared on CNN as well as MSNBC, another bastion of truth. July 15, 2011, local authorities caught what Crabtree saw. Experts immediately confirmed the animal was a coyote with mange. September 17, 2013, the Fox 2's news affiliate in St. Louis, Missouri, posted on its website a report that about two sightings. In the first one, a woman spotted a small, gray dog like animal near the front gate of the Old Lake Hill Speedway in St. Louis. The week before, a hunter claimed to have killed a chupacabra while coon hunting. Mississippi Department of Wildlife said it was a dog with mange. Texas couple resided on a ranch in Victoria County, Texas, and informed the media they had shot and killed a chupacabra on their property during the evening of February 23, 2014. Wildlife biologists with the Texas Parks and Wildlife Organization spoke with the media and stated, I've seen squirrels, raccoons, and coyotes in this area with the same features. They're a chupacabra, a mythical creature that most people see, but what's really a sarcoptic mange which is caused by a mite that bites the animal, can be found in any mammal. mammal, Dog, cat, coyotes, foxes, and humans can get another version of it as well. So if you see something bizarre, it's just a coyote with mange. It may be eight feet tall and have feet the size of paddle boats, but it's just a coyote with mange. April 3rd, 2014, a Texas couple came to capture the a chupacabra in Ratcliffe, Texas on March 28th. Um, Life Sciences uh, Benjamin Radford suggested the animals are raccoons suffering from mange. The most common description of chupacabra is a reptile-like creature said to have leathery or scaly greenish-gray skin and sharp spines or quills running down its back said to be approximately three to four feet uh, high and stands and hops in a fashion similar to that of a kangaroo. Another less common description of the is that of a strange breed of a wild dog. This form of mostly hairless um, creature has a pronounced spinal ridge, us- unusually produced uh, pronounced eye sockets, fangs, and claws. Unlike conventional predators, the chupacabra said to drain all the animal's blood and sometimes eats the organs, usually through three holes in the shape of an upside down triangle or through one or two holes. Thing to keep in mind when you're dealing with these creatures. You can't be absolutely assured it's a coyote with mange. It may be something very deadly. You know, the name Chupacabra can be translated as goat sucker, known both as Chupacabras and Chupacabra throughout the Americas with its former being the original word and the latter a regularization of it. The name in Spanish can be preceded by a singular masculine article, no Chupacabras, or the plural masculine article, those Chupacabras. popular legend in New Orleans concerns a popular lover's land called Grunch Road, which was said to be inhabited by grunches, a creature similar in appearance to the Chupacabra. The Puchin of Chile also share uh, similarities in their supposed habits, but instead of being dog-like, they're described as winged snakes. This legend may have originated from a vampire bat, an animal endemic in that region. In the Philippines, another legendary creature called the Sigbin shares many of the same uh, descriptions as the Chupacabra recent discovery of the cat fox in uh, Southeast Asia suggests it could also have been simply sighted to this once unknown animal. Of course, it's only in areas around here in the U.S. that it's a coyote with mange. Elsewhere, it's a creature that actually boggles the imagination. On that note, we've got the end of today's show. We'll be back tomorrow and talk about poltergeist. Until then, this is Ken Hudno for the Ken Hudno Show saying have a truly great evening